Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. Clarity in uh, to talk about their release week, which was unfortunately a couple of weeks ago in the middle of the AI revolution. Um, they released five new features on uh, on their uh, 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 enterprise SEO product. We're going to be talking about that for most of the show. So uh, uh, we're going to be getting to them. Um, SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheets, mass ups, and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that from an SEO from an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into a strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com to apply for a free trial today. Okay, and now the news. So. <laughs> You might have noticed um, a great deal of volatility in uh, search results in the last couple of weeks, especially if you're a large e-com store with uh, featuring product reviews. As of yesterday, the February 2023 product review algorithm update has ended. Done, kaput, run, finished, final. Uh, any impressions, Christine? What did you think? Did you, know, did you um, know anybody who got hurt by an update? You know, I oh. haven't seen it. I haven't seen a lot of talk about it, so although I've been a little under the weather, so I could have missed it, but uh, I know the past ones have been pretty impactful for people, but I haven't seen a lot of chatter on this one, so it may have uh, it may have happened early in the update, but not towards the end. I got a large e-com site um, that took a, that, that has a massive reviews run by a third party, um, run through a third party, uh, I guess, uh, organizer aggregator. And again, this is this is this is a 150,000 uh, SKU kind of kind of e-merchant site. So they got hit by the product review update in the biggest way. And I think they got hit because of that third party um, review management system, because Google seemed to be targeting um, offsite reviews. When Google figured out that these were legit reviews, they did meet the, you know, they were good user generated content and they uh, matched up with the products that they were, were, were supposed to match up with. Um, it was like looking at a U-shaped curve, but they took a dive for like six or seven days and it, it, was, it was pretty scary. That's right, because we did look at that one. I forgot that was part of this product review update because that's the one where the all the reviews when all the review stars went away from the search results except for Alibaba. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, the product review update. I believe did not hit China. Or am I correct? It so. was yeah. It was in um, uh, most European languages. Uh, uh, definitely in in the English speaking world, um, but it it didn't seem to hit China. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, everybody everybody lost all their review snippets and um, uh, the little little uh, uh, stars and. Uh, uh, that, that appear under search results uh, from, from like reviews, gone for everybody. 
It was crazy. We searched multiple things around your clients' products, and all pages showed only Alibaba with <laughs> review stars. So that's over. Um, my client is on the um, upside of the U shape, but they really did experience that, experienced a significant loss of traffic. Um, uh, seem to have gotten over, you know, like 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 through the trough, but that was for real. Anyway, it's over, it's ended. Um, and uh, if you did see a major dip, um, that was probably because of a third party system. That's where I would look if I were you. Um, yeah. So we got we should, we actually we should keep moving quickly. We got uh because we're in the background. So. This was a, ever since Elon Musk took over Twitter, Twitter's had a couple of bad weeks, a few bad, actually, it's, a it's, had, it's had a few bad months, but <laughs> I think it's not an exaggeration to say that this was quite possibly the worst week in Twitter's history, not, 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 not just since like Elon Musk took over, but in the history of the entire application. It went down twice, if I remember correctly. I mean, it locked itself, itself out of its own API one day. Mm -hmm. um and then uh, uh uh if i remember correctly it was sporadically going up and down during the week it had that um i don't even have the right word disappointing disgusting um horrid experience with uh icelandic um uh employee um Halidur, uh thorlifson um the fellow with multiple sclerosis who had actually uh, dystrophy, dystrophy. Oh, sorry, multi, uh, no, no, sure, 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 you're right, you're right. Multiple yeah, sclerosis who had right. actually sold his company to Twitter as um, a way to provide for his family in the long term as his uh, disease uh, uh, works through his body. So he'd, he'd, he'd work stuff out with old Twitter. And then Musk comes along. Um, and uh you know uh, uh just stomps all over this agreement ridicules the dude in public when well, when, when 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 thorlson has the gall to ask if he still works there or not yeah so he was he was cut off from his computer and he could not access anything and so he tried for nine or ten days to reach hr and no one got back to him and so he reached out on twitter i watched the exchange just asked musk if if he still had a job and asked people to retweet it because maybe he could get a response. And then Musk accused him of not doing any work because of his disability. And he said all sorts of ugly, horrible things about him. When this guy is actually considered person of the year in Iceland, one of them, for using a bunch of that money that he got from the initial sale for adding accessibility um, ramps and other things for accessibility for people in wheelchairs. Oh, really? To businesses, yeah, to businesses oh, in his area. Um, and so this isn't a guy that's like, there's, there's no bad guy here, right? Except Musk, because Musk kept attacking him, revealed his disability, said he didn't do any work. He doesn't, he, that's what he heard. He never did anything. So the, so the interesting thing, though, is Musk came back with a sort of apology. He heard wrong, whatever. Because I'm just guessing his lawyers told him, had they fired this guy, they owed him an instant $100 million. Because the reason that he was working at Twitter is he wanted to send more taxes back to Iceland to support his country or his area of the country. I don't know exactly how the taxes work there. And uh, so that's why he had the job rolled into his agreement. But the agreement was also, if he was ever fired, he'd get an instant payout of $100 million. 
Yeah. So, so Musk had a big turnaround when he found out he'd have to cash pay out $100 million, and there's no way around that. Well, so, you know, um, if he yeah. had an HR department that still existed, maybe he'd yeah. have known not to do that. Or maybe somebody would have said, you don't reveal someone's disability on... Uh, but you, 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 you've heard the new grift out there, eh? The new employment grift? Yeah, yeah. The old, the old one that's renewed, the old Radio Shack one. Well, indeed, yeah. I mean, like, That's there so is no HR department at Twitter. So if you got a gap in your resume, you were executive director of procurement at Twitter. I see. So where this comes from is when Radio Shack was, like, kind of suddenly just, like, destroyed and stopped, you know, working as a company. Um, there was a period of time there where it still existed. So there were people at that time that would tell people when they had gaps in their employment and they worked at, like, you know, they worked as a uh, bartender or something um, that they actually worked at Radio Shack and they were a manager and there was no HR department to verify it. Immediate so salary bump. Yeah. So there was a TikTok that went viral that said, hey, you could do that at Twitter right now because they apparently have no HR department, which is pretty true, which also just real quick is why Twitter went, not that, but why Twitter went down this week because Musk fired all the engineers. So there's one left that handles that rollout and he demanded that they start charging for the API. So the poor guy, the one poor guy who's responsible for his entire rollout and on the quick, fast that Musk always forces him to do, when he rolled it out, it took down not only Twitter, like couldn't share images, images wouldn't load, links wouldn't work. It did internally, it took down systems. And so Musk, instead of like saying, maybe I shouldn't have forced the one guy to do this super quick and have no team to back him up, got mad at the guy and furious. I don't know if the guy saw the job. But, <laughs> but when, when people are out there thinking like, we can cut our whole team because look what Musk did. He has a lot, a lot of internal problems. You just don't necessarily notice when you use it sporadically. But trust me, the, the cutting the whole team has not been a good thing. No, no. Um, actually, I, I, I think the uh, CEO of Salesforce was, was, was t- talking about following Musk's lead, but given some of the issues Salesforce is having, um, that would be a really, really, really bad idea. Um, lastly, Twitter cut a uh, critical um, Tor connection that allowed activists in um, authoritarian nations to communicate with a, a couple of layers of safety um, between themselves and the uh, the, 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 the forces of the state um, that was shut down this week as uh, and is considered a major blow to say like the Iranian women's movement. Um, so um, that may be an engineering uh, issue, most likely an engineering issue, but that's another loss at Twitter. Okay, last, last story, last story, last, this, is, this is a fun one. Uh, John Mueller confronts the age old question, can a domain with a horrible history of spam ever rank again can it be yes, a phoenix well what do you think can it can it can't it can it oh i believe in the one he said that it would be hard to convince the search engine that something different and unrelated uh would bring, bring, basically bring it back uh, yeah. it basically has a has a mark on it that's so so bad that it would be difficult to recover so this is really important. There's an application called the uh, Internet Archive, the Wayback Machine. And if you're if you're if you're looking for a domain um, or you're thinking of purchasing a domain, research it. Run it through the uh, Wayback Machine. Check it out. Make sure that it hadn't been used to um, I don't know some sell midget porn or 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 be a ma- major spam factory or something. Just make sure you're not walking into something you really 
you really wouldn't have wanted to be a part of back then because that may be attached to you in the present. Yeah, because these domains do carry forward if they have severe issues like that. Uh, those um, on the domain, it doesn't just all get wiped away when the domains drops. They, uh, the search engines um, don't forget. <laughs> it's just kind of they built don't. that way. Um, <laughs> you know what I can't wait? I can't wait till we're actually covering Yahoo, a story like this that involves Yahoo, because it's coming soon, I promise. Um, yeah. They promise to make search cool again. Okay, sitting in the waiting room, we have uh, Mittel Gandhi, the chief architect and co-founder of SEO Clarity. We have Mark Traphagen, vice president of product marketing and training at SEO Clarity. They're here to talk about release week and uh, release week was a few weeks ago, but it was overshadowed by um, by 101 stories of the AI revolution. What 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 we tell and Mark were doing and the whole team did was release a major feature every day of the week. Uh, three weeks ago, uh, uh, Mattel, Mark, welcome back to Webcology. You guys were here a year, about a year ago talking about another rollout of features, but release week was uh, was rather spectacular. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us here, Jim. Um, you're right. Uh, this was the first ever really organized release week from SEO Clarity, and it blew past every expectation that we had. Um, I don't know if, if you knew this, but at SEO Clarity, we pride ourselves in the speed of development that we have. And we're actually releasing new features and products every two weeks in the platform. This was just the very first time that we made it public and took uh, the effort to just organize all of the great information and insights and the reasons why we built this and uh, packaged it into a week. Well, Mark was out there in the SEO forums and SEO discussion groups teasing this for uh, for for I don't know, weeks beforehand. Not, not, I'm not actually saying anything, just saying, watch this space, something is coming. Um, and I remember I wanted to have you guys on um, during release week, but uh, again, um, the way the stories broke, it was just AI everything. But Mark, what were you teasing? What were, what, what were the five major releases that SEO Clarity uh, rolled out? Yeah, well, let me take a quick walk through them. And then obviously we want to talk about each one and, and why it's so important. But you know, something that I want to emphasize why we did this uh, is because, as Middle said, you know, the, the pace of innovation at SEO Clarity, what we're turning out for our clients and, and everything we do, always want to emphasize, is in response to our clients themselves. Like SEO Clarity is, um, is a bootstrap platform. Uh, we don't, we're not beholden to any VCs, any investors. Uh, so our bosses are our clients and we listen to them, enterprise SEOs, biggest, uh, some of the biggest brands in the world, biggest sites. And what they're telling us, I wish I could do this. And we say, um, hold our chai tea. <laughs> uh, and if we can do it, if it's technologically feasible and it, you know, it looks good for more than just a single person, then, then we do it. But uh, it was just, we wanted to show that off, frankly. We wanted to say, this is happening all the time. We look at our competitors and there's maybe two or three of these that come out a year. This is happening, like Middle said, like on an average of every two weeks. We just wanted to kind of put it all together and say, like, here's five amazing things that you can't do anywhere else in the world. These are all world first. 
that we're rolling out all in one week. So quickly, just the summary of it. Um, the first one on Monday, we roll out traffic mix analysis, which is uh, just a whole new comprehensive way to see all of your marketing channels in one place. Yeah, you can do that on analytics, but we're going to talk about how why it is so much more incredibly powerful to bring that into a platform like SEO Clarity. We're going to talk about true demand. That was Tuesday. True demand is the most accurate and up-to-date search volume available anywhere. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about how we do that, how we get away from the, the trap of a Google Keyword Planner and the, the very increasingly limited data that and old data that it provides. That's horrible. Um, kind of our flagship, we say, for Hump Day. You know, hump, we, our hump was at the top, right? It wasn't, wasn't a U-shape. It was at the top of the hill is Clarity 360, which is, can't wait to talk about that. It's just uh, the first, we call it the first SEO funnel view talking about the entire health of your site from uh, what what's actually known on your site through crawling, indexing, all the way to what's drawing traffic and what's what's converting. Being able to see that in one view and immediately identify where the roadblocks are. Moving on, Thursday was Link Optimizer. This is part of Clarity Automate that we came here to talk about last year. Um, our cloud implementation program allowing you to put you know changes to your site instantly in the cloud. This feature is focused on internal links, and it does everything from helping you to decide what links you should be building inside your site, which are the best opportunities, to creating those links and putting them live, and then even keeping track of them so that you can track the, uh, the, the performance of those. And last and certainly not least, but we're very excited, this, this one is outside of our platform and available to the entire world. It's called Research Grid API. It's our first major open API, uh, our first step toward giving co complete access to all the data, the huge amounts of data that we have uh, to literally anyone in the world. So that's that's the quick view, and uh, we can go through each of those. Okay, that's well, awesome. I guess we should start with traffic mix analysis. Um, I remember reading about this and then thinking exactly as you said, um, I'm already doing this with clients. I prepared detailed um analysis of uh, of all traffic sources uh, out of out of uh, google analytics and you know how they work with each other and how and, you know the uh uh assist flow um you know you get direct leads to the organic search which leads to the uh next direct uh, uh traffic how do um how does seo clarity take all of that data and then you can mix that six ways to sunday and uh and, and prepare something actionable yeah great question so the challenge that our clients were coming and telling us and, and what they were doing, a lot of clients were doing, was simply trying to explain where SEO stands in relation to all the other marketing channels. Now, every SEO platform uh, is focused on SEO and they do a really poor job and we did a really poor job of being able to provide that view of outside of SEO, how to do all the other channels perform and being able to look at the performance against it. So clients came to us and either clients would take the data from SEO Clarity and push it into a BI tool like Tableau or Looker Studio, or they were trying to manually stitch this together where they were trying to look at pages that they had created for SEO and look at the performance of those pages in other channels or pages they had in paid and look at the performance in SEO of those uh, pages. And that's the challenge that we wanted to solve. So what we did was, and this is a, there's a massive, um, amount of data, as you can imagine, that we have to, that Google Analytics collects. And we're pulling in every single data point for every single channel into the platform. 
so that clients can use the same slicing, dicing, and analysis power that SEO Clarity offers for SEO, but do that for every other single channel. Is uh, Google Analytics the only um, source of data for, uh, for traffic mix? No, not really. We can integrate with any analytics platform, Adobe Analytics and um, any others that clients may have. We started with Google Analytics, just given the ease of being able to scale this up for all of our clients quickly. Okay, I asked that because um, having access to more than one data set is, 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 is uh, obviously more useful. Uh, the, the, the more right. eyes on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the question or problem, the better. Um, but it's hard for, uh, it's, it's often hard to mix these data sets and yeah. uh, not, not, not create goop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the things that our, you know, that our clients find super valuable about this is that, you know, if they're you know, in SEO Clarity, they've set up and, and our platform allows this very easily to set up all kinds of uh, very sophisticated segmenting of uh, of their data and their their, uh, their ranking channels, their pages, their categories on their site, all these different things. Uh, we even do some of that dynamically for them on the fly. So as they produce changes, it's there in SEO Clarity. And then they can come in and use those segments. They want to see, I want to see what the performance of just this particular custom segment that I've set up. Click, there it is. Um, you can't do that in Google Analytics, obviously. Well, no, and, uh, indeed. Um, in Google Analytics, you have to export to a to a um, spreadsheet and then do your mixing and matching in the spreadsheet. And then, uh, you know, or you're using an API with some other set of tools and again it gets messy um yeah. how intuitive is it that's that's i think that would be my big question if i was at the um the massive massive uh corporate level um yeah. i'd be i'd be asking can most people in my marketing or um uh, uh seo department work with this intuitively faster, faster and easier than either using Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics. This is exactly why we built it. Clients came to us telling us they loved how easy it was to get their SEO reporting from the platform. And they wanted to be able to give this power to other team members too, and be able to look at that data side by side and say, my SEO is growing X percent. How much is my page search growing? How much is my other channels growing? Are we, is SEO growing faster than other channels? Is, uh, are we lagging behind? What pages are we lagging behind on? And um, this is the power that we wanted to bring. Done. Let's uh, let's roll over to true demand. Um, the um, keyword uh, research and uh, 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 recommendation tool. This is a real problem for uh, for 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 uh, search marketers. I was asked by a client the other day what I would recommend in the. Um, that's just available for free. So naturally, I said, go to um, Google Search Console. That'll tell you everything that people are currently using to, you know, find find content. Then use Google Keyword Planner. That'll give you some sense of search volumes. Um, but Keyword Planner just feels weird, flaky these days. Like the, the, the data from there is accurate, but it's um, spotty. Um, the problem is really bad, Jim. I, I, know, I know you. each of us individually as SEOs may be seeing a segment of an industry that we work with and seeing some problems with Keyword Planner. But if you look at it in totality, 
in across the billions of keywords that we track, the problem is rapidly, rapidly getting worse. SEOs will remember about nine, 10 years ago, Google started, stopped showing exact match search volume and started grouping words together. It then progressively got that match broader and broader where a single keyword represents a whole bunch of other words and the search volume of those other words in the background. The real problem though started three years ago when clients came to us and said that the most innocuous keywords were showing zero search volume. I don't know if you've come across this, Jim, but we had large enterprise clients coming to us and saying, keywords like kids' genes, keyword planner is showing a zero search volume. Who of us believes that the word kids' genes could have zero search volume? Mm -hmm. No one, right? But that is exactly what keyword planner was returning. And this has been happening even longer in the pharmaceuticals and you know the, the prescription medicine kind of area for much longer. If you search for you know asbestos related keywords and so on, or uh, keywords related to symptoms, there are a whole bunch of these that for no apparent reason, Google would not show the search demand around. And that was the problem. As SEOs, you need this data, you need the ability to see true demand to be able to determine where you're going to invest. So, and that's what true demand fixes. So uh, the obvious question, Google's not giving you this information readily. Where are you getting it from? Great question. <laughs> so some of these you know, features may look like we're just raising them, but it takes a long time for us to prepare and plan and build up to these features. We've been hearing this problem with search volume for many years now, which is why three and a half years ago, we started investing in collecting clickstream data. Today, we collect one of the largest clickstream data sets in the world, where we have over 6 billion keywords that people are directly searching into Google that we collect every month. Wow. 6 billion keywords, of which a billion keywords we have never seen before, new, brand new, never been searched before that we come across. What this massive data set allows us to do, and we had to wait, we couldn't just release to demand, you know, uh, to the to, in production after just having a month or two months of data. We had to wait at least till we had two years of data trended to be able to analyze that and run statistical models and build the models that would predict and to, at a great level of accuracy what the actual true demand is. So we released it to our clients in beta a year ago and then we just released this uh, as production ready uh, once we had three years of total data collected and a lot of confidence on our statistical models. So using that clickstream data not only allows us to get uh, a much more accurate picture by, again, statistically extending that out, but also um, a very fresh picture. I, I always love this example, even though it's a little dated, it's such a great example, because when we first released this to our clients in beta, um, one of the things we picked up on was it was right when uh, Lil Nas X went viral for something, and uh, the, the rapper, and uh, Nike came out with a shoe branded by him, a Lil Nas X shoe. And that was not, Lil Nas X shoe was not a thing anyone was searching for in the whole world before that week. Um, Google Keyword Planner didn't pick that up for months. We showed it the week after it was there. So we can not only get, you know, better information, but the absolute freshest uh, data. We see keywords, you know, right when they're coming live into the world. 
I always love I always love it when Google um, said uh, X number of percentage of of uh, searches we've never encountered before. And um, and and Meadle, you just you just said the exact same thing. Um, if there's six, one in six um, yeah. search uh, queries you hadn't seen before, there is I have a hard time believing there's that much variation in how people ask for blue widgets. It's um, incredible. Yeah, we were stunned ourselves um, because we've seen the same uh, quotes from Google way back from 2011 and 12, saying that back then, and then they reiterated it in 2015 or 16 that they still saw 15% of their queries as completely new, new to them. And we expected that to be a declining percentage over time. And, and we check it every month. And sure as, uh, sure as the sun comes up from the east, it comes out around 14 to 16% uh, being completely new that we haven't seen in over three years of data that we've collected. That's truly amazing. That really is amazing. I have a, a quick question for you on that. Is that you finding um, people are doing more long tail searches or is that exactly right? Exactly right. So we dug into this and we found 70% of all the queries we, we define intent for all these keywords and 70% of all these keywords are informational. They're really long tail informational. And then the way people search for the things is changes as seasons change, depending on the country, depending on new products, new services, new things happening, news is actually a big driver of these kind of queries where if something is in the news today, it'll be like the one-off query about what is in the news and then it'll never happen again. That's really interesting. Yeah, I was thinking because of the way Google kind of got people to change towards asking questions, that the long tail searches would just explode. So that's really interesting. That's a lot of data too. That's amazing that you were able to collect that much. Were you um, planning to create a keyword tool two years ago when you started uh, collecting Clickstream data? That was always the goal. The whole idea behind Clickstream was we need, the enterprises need a replacement for Google Keyword Planner. And we could see the writing on the wall as it got progressively worse and, and became more aggressive with hiding search volume. Um, it is a real problematic uh, for SEOs not to have this data because that's so critical. So while our goal was to create this keyword true demand, there are a lot of other use cases that have emerged out of it. To Mark's point, the ability to see trending keywords that Google Keyword Planner won't even show for months in their data set because it's always a month and a half delayed in when they post their keyword data. Uh, but we have it every week. So that's, opening up new use cases for our clients who want to be ahead with seasonality. For example, um, we just looked at this with a client yesterday. With Mother's Day coming up, we're already seeing searches for things that people are looking for related to Mother's Day right now, this year. For instance, there's a TikTok video about somebody who's created some Mother's Day craft and it's exploding right now. And we're able to see that and we're able to pass it to our clients and say, you may want to do something with this uh, to take advantage of Mother's Day coming up. Uh, so I'm curious, where do you get the Clickstream data, or is that like a you know secret that you can't reveal? <laughs> well, it's all it's proprietary data set. We are aggregating this data from multiple sources, from ISPs, from mobile cell phone providers, but it's all completely anonymized. There is no PII data. It's all just literally here's the query somebody searched on on Google in this country. So just that information and how many times that happens is allows us to do all of these things. 
Well, the truth is important. once a week, middle, middle uh, meets a guy in a back alley somewhere in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the well, D-Boz dub, right? <laughs> so originally in the early days of all this, there, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm spacing on the name right now, but there was a company that had ISP data. Jump shot. And, uh, no, before that, way before that. Oh. Um, they used that data though. There was, a, I, I don't know why I can't think of the name, but anyway, and there, and there was very, very expensive data because it was all ISP, ISP. So I don't, I don't hear a lot about that lately. Mostly it's panel data, things like that. Can you explain the difference to people yeah, like um, ISP versus like panel data that other tools use? Yeah, I think uh, the, both are equally valid because they both do the same exact thing, but the collection methods differ and the accuracy differs and how large the data set can be differs. So the ISP data is directly from the ISPs. It's already anonymized. It's already just looking at a search on Google and strips the query parameter from the URL and that's it, right? And how many times that happens. Panel data also includes demographics about users and that is a little bit more iffy, the panel data, because you really need to know if somebody opted in or if this was malware running on their computer that may have tracked it. So, um, you have to be very careful if you're using uh, any kind of panel data uh, that everything is you know, lined up and, and on the up and up, uh, which is why we like the PII, like the anonymous, anonymized data uh, better. Okay. Yeah, it's really, yeah, anyway, I just say, yeah, thank you for explaining next. I don't know if people realize that there's a difference that we just say ISP data because it's not talked about. So thank you for that. And that's really important data to have. So I'm like, getting more and more excited about all your releases. Can I, Jim, can I ask one more question? Before yeah, 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 sure, sure. I was gonna jump us to SEO, to uh, Clarity 360, but if, if you got more in keywords, please go for it. Well, not keywords specifically, but I think 360 is a different product. So just in general, from everything we just talked about, my clients hate G4. Like they're begging me to find them something other than G4. And I do know from a client that has internal people at Google, I'm just saying like off the record, they were told that Google also knows it's not a good product. So with what you just released, it sounds like it's possible that a client, although you keep the G4 tagging because you need that, but can you use SEO Clarity and get enough Absolutely. information from it to replace G4? Because that would make my clients really, really happy because they just can't deal with the, the interface and the lack of data. And, and, and now to use G4, you basically have to be a, you know, a data analyst. And, oh. you know, most of my clients barely have resources, let alone, even in big companies, you know, their SEO teams are like three people. So yeah, it's, um, it's so incredible. Google Analytics went from this super easy to get started with, super easy to start using to this incredibly complex and overwhelming, you know, platform with GA4. Um, and we've heard exactly the same things that you're hearing from your clients. Our clients are coming to us and saying, we're afraid about matching our data between GA and GA4. We, we want to have continuity, but these reports don't make sense. The metrics seems like they're different. The, the data points, like we don't have bounces anymore. And what we've done is we've actually enabled clients to map both GA and GA4 into our platform. And then they can leverage all the same reports that they need for their SEO or now paid search or any other report uh, and have continuity. Because we translate all the complexity of changes that GA4 introduces back to what they are used to and make it simple in our platform. Oh, that's great. And can you, I, I'm sorry, I might've just missed it. Can you or can you not import your other G4 data, like your old data, your UA data? You can. So oh my gosh, you really? In, you bring in all of your original universal GA data, whatever you, and then you pick a cutoff date and then you integrate your GA4 and then 
the reports just look no different. They all line up, all of your metrics, everything just lines up and you continue using it as if there's no difference. Oh, that's phenomenal. I'll, I'm definitely gonna have to check it out for my clients because we couldn't find a good product that did continu continuity and you know, simulated the kind of um, yeah. same reports. So uh, it's, there were some smaller ones, but they just weren't big enough for the enterprise clients. So that's great to hear. Because that's such a relief. My clients really like just last week is like, please get me off G4. I have to get off G4. So I, I appreciate that. I didn't yeah. know. That integration wasn't even part of our release week, but I'm glad you mentioned it because it's such a, I think a beautiful example of how, you know, that came out of, you heard it from middle, literally listening to our clients on call after call after call saying, oh no, this GA4 thing, I took a look at it. Like, I don't have time for that. I don't know what to do with it. And we solved it. You know, we, we said, bring it in. We'll, we'll make it all better. It'll all look like <laughs> it always did. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll go in between for you and translate everything and bring it back. And uh, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of life saving. but that's what we try to do is just, you know, we're listening to these real pain points and saying like, if there's a way we can solve for that and make your life simpler on that, get you faster to what you actually want to do, we're going yeah. to do it. That's great. So come in, we'll give you some cocoa, some hot chocolate and, <laughs> and, a, and a donut. <laughs> we'll, give you, yeah. well, we'll make you not we'll make hate you better, G4. Breathe, breathe. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have um, first rate uh, traffic analysis, um, uh, like, 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 like super granular tra traffic analysis. We have uh, one of the largest um, clickstream uh, data sets for keyword analysis. Clarity 360, um, the uh, world's first intelligence cloud. So what's happening in the cloud? So uh, there's a little backstory to this too, which is um, for years and years, SEO platforms have been bringing in different data sources. Um, you think about an SEO clarity and we bring in search console data from Google search console. We bring in site analytics, we bring in backlinks, we bring in rankings, we bring in all of these, we do site audits and server logs. We have all of these data sources, but they all sit in separate reports. And what we were hearing from clients is that they really want to be able to correlate these data points to each other and be able to understand the entire health, get the full landscape view of their site. So questions like, what are the pages that are in my site map that don't get any impressions or don't get any clicks? Or what are the pages that are uh, known and crawled by Google, but are not accessible by crawlers on when, uh, or, or don't get any site analytics traffic to it, or not crawlable on my website itself because they're not linked from anywhere. They're orphan pages. These questions are incredibly hard to address because of these reporting silos. And what we spend the time to do is build a system that helps stitch together at a URL level for every URL that a client has, every single data point. So you take a URL that no matter what source it comes from, and then we append to it the search console, the site analytics, the bot requests, uh, and the site, everything that we know and can find about it, and then give you an exploration tool. This is what we mean by the intelligence cloud. Literally any question on SEO that you have, do lack of H1s hurt my site performance? You can answer that. What are the orphan pages on my site? You can answer that. What are the pages with high bot requests but low rankings? You can answer hundreds and hundreds of these questions that SEOs struggle with and know that they need to answer, but they just guess on right now. 
that's that, that, that almost you know it's christine and i are both like uh kind of speechless um that that's <laughs> wonderful that's 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 putting it all together in one place and being able to answer questions uh at a again i'm assuming super granular level um <laughs> sorry yeah exactly super granular and this is what clients love about the clarity platform is the ability to slice dice and analyze billions and billions of rows of data in seconds and that's what this is built for and that is so useful too because all that data also gives you great you know jumping points for strategy and for helping you find issues and where you're not meeting your customers needs or you're not meeting search needs so that's that's nice to have that all in one place and go ahead mark and one of the things that you know i love that you that is just at the very top level, the first thing you see when you come into Clarity 360 is this kind of uh, funnel view that's broken up into segments from uh, known, which means everything we know is on your site, basically, to that which is being crawled, down to that which is indexed and showing up in search, uh, down to that which is producing any traffic to your site, and then on down, if you've connected to this level, uh, what's converting, whatever your conversion metrics are. And that produces a, a diminishing funnel. Of course, it's biggest at the top. You know, everything that's known on your site, right? But not everything that's known is crawled. Not everything that's crawled is indexed and so on down. So by the shape of this funnel, you can immediately spot, here's the biggest bottleneck literally in our site right now. You know, say that you've got like a bunch of, bunch of your pages are crawled, like a high percentage of your pages are crawled. That's awesome. But a small percentage of those, like the funnel goes way down and indexed. We got to look at that. Why are these pages being crawled but not getting not getting in the index? So, starting from right from the top level, you get this you know a view that you can't get anywhere else. Nobody's ever seen this before, without downloading tons of data from fifteen different sources and then uh, using incredible computer power and probably crashing whatever program they're using to try to analyze. <laughs> it. You know, we yeah, were marveling. Go ahead, go ahead. We, we were marveling a few moments ago about how much data is available. And it actually sort of got me thinking for a second and made me a little nervous because you know the old adage, sometimes a little bit of a little bit of uh, knowledge can be really, really dangerous in the wrong hands. Um I work with uh with 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 teams that cross the the, the entire office strata from you know marketing to um, devs to designers, and they don't all need the same information. In fact, um, giving some of these people the wrong information might be a very dangerous thing, bless their hearts. Um, how are you able to segment uh, who gets what and when and why? Yeah, as an enterprise tool, fine-grained access control. You can choose exactly which users on your account have access to at what level to which reports and which analysis tools. So you could say this Parity 360 is limited just to you. And you don't want anybody else on the team to have access to or start poking around. No, I'm and start... not trying to hoard information or anything. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, protect the castle here. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you you can uh, you can then add it to your dashboards with specifically insights you do want them shared and act upon, rather than opening up the data ocean to everyone, right? And it's also I'm 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 joking a little. Like nobody's nobody's going to destroy anything with information, but they might be overwhelmed and not understand yeah. it. And yeah. it's uh, easy to get drowned. It's easy to drown in in in, in a data ocean. You yeah. really know how, need to know how to swim. So say you have a a, a product manager, a certain product. It's it's entirely possible and and easily doable in SEO Clarity to set that up their profile, their account, 
so that they can log into SEO Clarity and all they're going to see is just the information about their product line, their product category. They're not, you know, wandering off into anything else. They're not, you know, seeing anything they don't need to or not, no rabbit holes. So, you know, you have that kind of granular control to make it super useful. So you can open it up to people who will be uh, edified by the information that they can get without overwhelming them or confusing them. Right on. Okay. Speaking of confusing them, um, we should move to Clarity Optimate, uh, Automate, uh, link, the link optimizer. Because I think for um, for for many SEOs, especially 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 newer ones, um, links and internal link structure is isn't as well understood as it used to be. And and it, um, I think uh, again, this is, this is something I, I think that 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 SEOs really need to concentrate on is how a website is is structured and designed, and how links relate to page to page and to each other. Um, what does Clarity Optimate Clarity Optimate Link Optimizer do, and how does it do yeah. it? So the we did a survey. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. Internal linking architecture is so often overlooked. But uh, when we surveyed SEOs, we thought initially our hypothesis was that people just don't credit it with the importance that they should. Everybody thinks about external backlinks, but not internal links, which can be so powerful. And what our survey revealed was over 60% of a thousand plus enterprise SEOs that we surveyed said internal linking was incredibly important to them. But a follow-up question showed that less than 10% of those were actually doing it. And the reason was it's just too complicated. To figure out on your own site what to link to, where to link from, and what anchor text to use is an incredibly data-intensive process that requires data scientists on client side. And then even if you manage to implement it, maintaining it and refreshing it so that it matches kind of your changes on your site and your site's a living thing is nearly impossible. So rather than undertake this Herculean task, they just choose not to do it. And that's problematic. It's such a powerful technique um, to, that is completely under your control. You can control it, you can change it, you can control your destiny with it, but SEOs don't do it because it's just too complicated. The last, couple, the last couple of years has been the philosophy of just, you know, put the products at root level and that Google sorted out. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> You know, and yeah. that is such a hard thing to get. I'm sorry, as I said, it is a hard thing to get done because also because the teams you have to get involved to get it done. So you have to get the content people and often the dev people and those two never talk. And and because I try to do this internally and I know I've noticed the last couple of years, Google's really amped up the weight of internal linking for helping it determine relevancy and topical structures. Uh, but like Jim said, also a lot of them just stick it on the root now, which is another problem that we talked about. But but I do think that that is such a helpful uh, thing that it that it does for people. So I I just appreciate hearing about it. Yeah, and what's really exciting about this for us is um, the use of the natural language processing and machine learning that we've built up over the years using our content fusion and our content related uh, developments. We're bringing all of that to bear here to understand true semantic relationships. So it's not just us saying, oh, just link to this from this. It's truly our algorithms are determining what pages on the site are topically clustered, are topically similar, and then finding what is the relationship between them currently and how can that be improved using internal links. So it's a self-managing algorithm that we've developed here. 
uh, and it we measure everything and we monitor and tweak the internal linking based on the results that we see coming back all through this automation platform, which we call Clarity Automate. Do you guys ever take requests for case studies? <laughs> we do. We actually require every single client on Clarity Automate is required to be a case study client. Well, if ah. you can prove the validity of, of um, well thought out link structure or site structure, um, I would so deeply appreciate it. <laughs> we'll send you five. Over the last year, we've collected five individual case studies on all of this in development, even before we released it in public, of the impact of internal linking. And it's incredible. Brilliant. Yeah. And part of that's built into the platform. I mean, the, the users can do it themselves because as I said at the beginning, this is a this is a soup to nuts internal link up. It not only you know uses uh, AI machine learning technology as Middle was talking about to uh, recommend your best opportunities, you know what should be linking to what, but then of course using Clarity Automate technology allows you to okay we got it we got it set up, click the button it's live those links are there now visible to search engines and the public, um, and then keeps track of all those links to analyze. This is where the case study comes in. The case study is being built for you automatically because you have a segment now in the platform where you can track and see the, the progress, see you know how that affects the traffic to your site, your rankings, all the other things. So yeah, it, it creates its own case studies. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I, you need to give a class on how you get every client to let you do that because most of mine, I can't even mention their name, <laughs> but that's another time. But yeah. I, I do have a question. You said you click it and it's implemented. So is this a case where you're using Edge SEO to add the links or is it another implementation? Yeah, um, so Edge SEO is part of the solution for us, but it's not the only option. So you may recall, we acquired a company called RankSense last year to boost our Edge SEO efforts. And uh, it's part of this solution, which is clients can choose to integrate our solution on their server side through a middleware. They can choose to integrate it with, a, with an API that we provide, or they can choose an Edge solution uh, either through JavaScript or through Akamai or any CDN that they work with. So as an enterprise platform, we provide all of the uh, integration options, whatever clients uh, are comfortable with. Sorry, I, I apologize for interrupting my, there's a little lag in my he headphones. Uh, so can you, because I don't think a lot of people are familiar with Edge, Edge, Edge SEO. Uh, could you briefly just describe to people what Edge SEO is? Sure. Um, so HSU was talking about this general concept where changes to your site and your pages are made on the edge, which is, would be at a um, content delivery network like an Akamai or a Cloudflare, uh, and not through your CMS. So whatever is on your CMS stays, but when the page is transmitted to the end user, during its transmission to the end user, um, the, the cloud, the, the delivery network or the CDN, uh, can right there make the change to the page on the fly before delivering it to the end user. And that tends to overcome any limitations that your CMS may have of implementation, any limitations you may have of resources to be able to implement changes because it separates those two out. So you're saying as an SEO, if it's implemented, I no longer have to go to the devs and get them on board and fall into their um, rollout plan to get something done, which means it could take three months, six months, eight months, because they have much bigger priorities at that time. So we're kind of lessening the load on dev and we're able us to move faster. And that's those changes exactly made. right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly really powerful. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. 
I think um, we're, we're, we're rounding into the last 10 minutes of the show. And um, one of the more interesting uh, uh, releases, Friday's release, the uh, Research Grid API. We haven't, we, haven't, we haven't touched that yet. And I think um, a, lot of, a lot of people in our audience are going to find this particularly useful. Um, you're giving, as, as, as to quote your website, SEO Clarity's data service services offering unfettered access to a deep ocean of keyword and URL metrics. What's Research Grid API? Huh. So over the last seven plus years, we've been collecting data every month on half a billion keywords across 90 plus countries. This data forms the foundation of our own machine learning models, our content models, um, what we know about the internet, who's winning, who's losing. And we expose this to our clients in our platform so they can go and do keyword research, competitive landscape research. They can build large models of what their industry's landscape looks like. But all of this had always only been available through the UI. Um, and for the first time, what we did was we opened up the API because clients were coming to us and they wanted to do the same things that our platform allows, but at a much, much larger scale. They wanted to do it programmatically. They wanted to download all of the keywords that every one of their thousand competitors ranked for and build their own machine learning models or look at their competitive trends and landscape changes across half a billion keywords. That's what the API enables. It's really built for the data scientists, the engineers, the programmatic SEOs, the SEOs trying to build new pages programmatically and empower them with very fresh data that is just not available anywhere else. There are... Um... There's a crew of SEOs, primarily um, in uh, Western Europe, who are um, doing extraordinary things with AI. Um, they're taking um, uh, uh, programming interfaces like yours and merging them with uh, with AI. And um, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. Um, this is the stuff that um, we couldn't even conceive of just a year ago because this technology wasn't wasn't publicly available. Are you open to that kind of stuff? Are you open to people coming, taking your um, API and messing with it? We're not, there are definitely lots of uh, terms of use. Uh, this is not for spamming. And uh, we have very clear terms of use that prevent this kind of thing from just creating spam content at scale. This is built for the enterprises who are looking to really add value to their, uh, to their customers, build identify gaps that they have against their competition at scale, and then be able to leverage that or all the data that we collect to build machine learning models of their own that can help them. So yes, there is. this is open to the world, but it, there is a terms of use that we are very careful. We don't want this <laughs> to be, become the spammers, uh, you know, the next spammers link farm or the spammers content farm. Did you guys, did you guys actually think about that when you were um, planning the release that people might grab onto it and use it uh, nefariously? <laughs> Funnily enough, I started my life as a direct marketer and way back in 2004, I ran my own data feed affiliate sites. Uh, <laughs> so I may be a little privy to those kind of ideas. <laughs> the, the, the ethical hacker you mean. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> if you heard of data feed sites in the past, boy, those are good days. <laughs> so, you're talking about when you, you you've you've used the phrase enterprise SEO um, dozens of times in, in in this interview. 
Um, this is large scale companies. Um, Not necessarily. Okay. So I'm so glad you bring it up. We think about an enterprise as any company that, you know, of course has scale problems, any company. It doesn't have to be a thousand person plus employee company. It's a problem of scale that we can help structure and simplify. So if you think about scale, it's any company that has, you know, more than a hundred thousand pages on their site. Very easily, that becomes a scale problem to be able to address optimization at that level. It gets even worse if you have 10, 20, 50 million. Number of our clients, on average, our clients will have about a million plus pages on their site. A number of our clients will have 100 million plus pages. The things that you have to do at that scale, the, thing, the data analysis that you have to do, the, the, the tools, ability to leverage that kind of uh, data and be able to return results for you, all of that comes into account. And that's where we excel. If you, not to say that if you have a thousand page website, we can't help you, but that's really not our target. It's, uh, you're better suited with a lot. There's a lot of tools that can help you if you're a thousand page website. Yeah, um, that is, that's definitely a question that, 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 uh, that, that, that will be asked. Is there an option for smaller clients? And you say your average is a hundred thousand plus, um, I'm sorry, a, mil a million, uh, uh, URLs million on their website. On um, how to say this, uh, it's, 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 many of our listeners are, um, frustrated when it comes to trying to help smaller businesses. Um, and, 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 and that's not to say that, 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 that that's your clarity's, uh, uh, mission or, 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 or goal, but, um, is there a way a smaller company, say a, a, a hundred thousand or less URL website could make use of SEO clarity without breaking the bank or um, uh, uh, getting more um, information than, uh, actually there's, there's no amount of information. Is that you all, you, right. As much information you can get is necessary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, our end objective is to make clients successful. We're a bootstrap company. The only thing that matters to us is making clients successful. And if they're successful, they renew with us, right? Yep. Super simple success model for us, make clients successful. Um, as a result of that, what we look at is every client who every prospect that reaches out to us, we want to understand how we can help them before we even talk about what we need to charge them, right? If SEO is important for you and it's a big part of your business and, and you may not have the million pages, you may have 100,000 pages, but if that's, there are challenges in there that we are uniquely suited to help you, we absolutely will figure out how to work with you and will not break the bank. We're, not, we're never going to be the cheapest, but we're never going to be the most expensive solution. But for the value that you get, we want you to absolutely feel like you couldn't have gotten it anywhere else. That's really that's really good to hear. I have a client right now who I was thinking this would be a great product for, but they're more in the 100,000 page range. So. Yeah, so I will I will have them talk to you guys. Awesome. But the yes. data data capability, there really has to be a word for that, data capability or something. The data capability that uh, SEO Clarity has is phenomenal. Um, breaking the GA four the GA four trap is um, uh, a major mitzvah, and I think the the entire SEO world is going to thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Being able to take all those traffic sources, mix and match them, um, get some very actionable data 
um, again, uh, at the hypergranule level. All of this stuff is only available in, uh, in your package. Um, and that's exciting. Um, SEOClarity.net, uh, again, uh, our apologies uh, for not having you guys on two or three weeks ago when it was actually release week. Um, I'd actually, if I were, I'd blame those guys over at OpenAI. Um, if you're ever at a conference and you see them. Um, actually, if you're ever at a conference and you see the folks from OpenAI or one of those companies, are you talking to them? We have a number of really exciting things in the works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, we are almost gone all the way around the clock. And as always, I have, um, it's always the, the last few minutes is when the uh, questions just start to start to want to pour out. And uh, we're gonna have to invite you back again, again, um, hopefully uh, uh, sooner than an entire year passing. <laughs> um, but uh, Middle Gandhi and Mark Traphagen from uh, SEO Clarity. Gentlemen, thank you so much for spending uh, part of your afternoon with us on Webcology today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah, always enjoy it, Jim and uh, Christina. Great, great questions. Um, you ask the questions that your users are going to be thinking about. And that's what we love to hear. That's what drives us. So. Really appreciate oh, well, that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, Middle and Mark, again, thank you guys so much. I told you those guys are fun to have on, eh? <laughs> I knew they would be. Yeah, and um, it's great to learn all about that those releases because it really makes it just an exciting product. And that G4 solution is going to be major for people. So. Uh, you know, if Google was smart and we know they're listening, um, <laughs> like honestly, there's um, G4 is a dog. That's just the way it is. If Google was yeah. smart, they'd be taking a uh, a lesson from from Clarity and uh, finding better ways to present the data that um, that 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 that. But Google's not going to take that lesson. They're just not. No. Guarantee it. Well, they, I was told that they were forced to meet these. Um, deadlines that they had regardless of the state of the product. But I could say that uh, since they let the people who pay get another year before they roll it out, why don't they do that for the rest of us? They probably will, <laughs> but they're not going to they're going to say anything until the very last second. Eh? Yeah, well, you know, now they're offering to optimize it, uh, install it for you. Yeah, um, I saw that. Um, yeah, and, and, but I heard I read it was a very, very bad idea from someone who knows that stuff. Well, so. I was going to say that's often just as scary as um, as a poor as doing it wrong yourself um, <laughs> exactly. but you know what there's some people out there in the SEO community um, I think my, my former business partner Alan Kanek is an example who are legit yeah. experts in, um, in, 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 in in setting up uh, your analytics accounts um, and this is the data that runs your website and runs your world so you need to know it yeah, um, exactly. But again, the if you're if you're messing with masses of data, um, the high level solution, the enterprise solution, is probably the smarter way to go. Um, we missed a couple of stories that we wanted to touch on. Uh, there was a number of announcements that came out of Google today. Um, site name, favicon, and sponsored labels are now uh, available on desktop search as well as mobile. They've been experimenting like but, but like back since like November on mobile search. Yeah. So your SERPs are going to look a lot busier. <laughs> um, but hopefully, you know what? Maybe it'll, it'll be attractive. If you have a really cool favicon, that'll attract eyes. Um, that's a good way to, um, the favicon is the new description, you see. Yes, although one real quick thing, I have noticed <laughs> that lately, 
the pages are devoid of a lot of the the rich features, even knowledge panels. So a lot of my searches are like a blue links and a PAA. So it's interesting. Uh, they're going through some changes that are occurring. There it goes. Lastly, Google Trend has um, a couple new features and um, uh, uh, a new look in 2023. Uh, don't got time to really dive into it, but please go check it out, trends.google.com. It's a great way to figure out um, how people feel about specific terms against another term over time or like right now. Um, and then it's definitely an essential step in, uh, in good keyword research. Um, Christine, you got anything to add? No, I think we covered it all. So, or at least all we could get into an hour. <laughs> it was a fun, fun show. Covered a lot <laughs> of ground. Okay, on behalf of Christian Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the recorded live to podcast on the 9th of March, 2023. Stick around for more great stuff uh, streaming on the network. Uh, be well, be kind to each other, rank well, use smart tools, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.